morning, everybody. How you doing today? Everybody all right today? Everybody healed up from last night? Come on, everybody healed from last night in Jesus' name. We, uh, it, I know, I know, you're in church, you're in the right place, and uh, this is the place to come to get healing in Jesus' name. Uh, I know that it didn't go the way we wanted. We prayed hard, but it always doesn't go the way we want in those games. Uh, this is more important today. Come on, the house of God, where you are today. I, I want to say this. Uh, we had 40 people go to Freedom Conference this weekend. Come on. If any, any Freedom Conference people in here, would you, why don't you? Awesome. Come on. You might see some of the Freedom shirts that some of these guys are wearing. We had 40 plus people. We do something uh, called Freedom Connect Groups. And if you've never been in one of those Freedom Groups, maybe uh, this next semester, we start our, our, our group semester in February again. And um, it's just an amazing time to, to get into a group and learn about Christ and the life of, of God and, and, and really walking in delight and not duty when it comes to serving Jesus. How many know that it's, it's, it's delight and not duty? Come on. And so, and so we had 40 plus people go through that Friday night, Saturday, and came to church today. And uh, there'll be another conference in May. We partner with local churches to do that. And so that's amazing. So proud of you guys. We're in a series called House of Miracles. And God's been doing so many amazing miracles. It's a, it's a miracle that we're inviting people to Christmas already. Come on, isn't that nuts? Christmas is right around the corner. So invite some people. We have some amazing services planned. And I really believe for some life change uh, in this season. House of Miracles. Look at a couple people. Welcome, welcome them to church and, and tell them, hi, my name is Miracle. Tell about three people. Say it like you mean it. You are, you're a walking, talking miracle. The reality that you're here, the things that you've been through, what you've come through, the fact that you're here this morning, it is a miracle. You are a miracle. And uh, I really believe in the house of miracles. A lot of times uh, we're looking for these great miracles and we, we want these supernatural moments from heaven. The reality is you're the miracle. Like you, you, you have a miracle in you and who you are. And so I'm going to believe and I'm going to really build up just the thought about the house of God today. And, and as we're talking about having a, a house of miracles, I really want you to, to get the weightiness of how powerful what this is for your life and for my life. It's not just attending church. You're not here by accident today. There's literally uh, life in this place. And, and I want you to see how uh, important the scriptures talk about the house of God, the house of miracles and what it looks like. I'm going to read some verses to you and uh, they're not going to be on the screen. I'm going to give you a bunch of verses and then I'm going to tell you a couple of my main passages that I want to use today. And so real quick, we're going to start, just give you some thoughts, some, some quick uh, verses. Psalm 27, four and five says, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of God, to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble, listen to this, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of, of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So talking about the house of God, we're, we're hidden in time of trouble. This being here, this environment hides you from trouble and different things that can hit our life. Uh, I'm asking God one thing and one thing only to live with him in his house my whole life long. I will contemplate his beauty. I will study at his feet. Psalm 26, eight, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Psalm 84, 10 for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Come on. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Come on. Thank God, huh? Some of y'all need to need to give up on option B. I'd rather be in the house of God. I'd rather make a decision. I'd rather cut ties with all the other stuff I thought could satisfy me. Uh, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house 
of God. Psalm 68, 6, he sets the solitary in families. Come on, this is a family. You don't, you don't attend your family. This is a family, maybe reunions. Come on, those are crazy. <laughs> this, is a, this is a family. He brings me out and, and puts me into places of prosperity. Psalm 84, 4. Blessed are those who dwell in the house. Listen to this. They will still be praising you. Come on, anybody been through some stuff and still praising God because you've been planted in, in a thing called the house of God? There's going to be things we go through that we need to still be praising. There's going to be some stuff we face that, you know, there's only certain things that allow us to keep praising God. It's when we're together in his family. Psalms 52, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Psalm 84, 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Psalm 36, 8. There are they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. Are y'all getting the theme here? They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and, and, and you give them drink from the rivers of your pleasure, O God. Psalm 122, 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. Here's my actual text today. Psalm 92, 12 through 14. You've heard me preach it probably many times. Mark 4, 30 through 32. In Psalms 92, it says, the righteous shall flourish. Not maybe, not, not we hope to. This is a promise. You shall flourish like a palm tree. That's my heart, my wife's heart for this house, for your family, for your kids, for my family, for my children. That's why I pray. That's why I do what I do. That's why I show up here every week. That's why I get up rain or shine. That's why I believe God to prepare and get into the word because you shall flourish flourish. You shall flourish in the courts of God. You shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall bear fruit in old age. Come on, anybody with some maturity in their years right there? They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Come on, anybody want some freshness on their life? They shall be fresh and flourishing. Come on, I like fresh food. Anybody like fresh food? I, I don't want the same, same. Come on, I don't go to the restaurant and I don't want the same stuff from last week. I eat the same, I order the same thing. Who orders the same thing every time you go to the restaurant? I get the same thing, but you don't order the same, same. That'd be nasty. Same lettuce, same chicken from last week. No, no, I want fresh food. That's the house of God, the anointing of God. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Mark 4, 30 through 32. Then he said to them, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? And with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up. <laughs> what shall we liken the kingdom of God? It's like a mustard seed that's the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. But when it's sown on the ground, it grows up and it becomes greater. It's sown on the ground and it becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches. And so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. My simple thought I wanna to preach to you too from today is get grounded, get grounded. Somebody say, get grounded. 
get grounded. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you uh, for the ground uh, that you've planted us in. Thank you for the soil of your house. Thank you for the kingdom uh, faith. Thank you for faith the size of a mustard seed today. Lord, I pray anybody that maybe feels small today, you would show them how big they really are. Lord, we would get grounded today and we would grow up and that we would get strong and we would become greater than, than, than what we are now. And we would go from glory to glory because we are grounded in you. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen get grounded, get grounded, get grounded. I uh, read an article the other day about a female uh, golfer. She's a female golf phenom. And uh, I, the whole article was about how this girl, she probably weighs 125 pounds, 130 pounds. I'm a golfer. So any golfers in the house, come on. Yeah, I know. And somebody told me, they, here was the advice they gave me. There's about, there's four or five of you in the house. Any, is that it? Any golfers? Raise, raise your hands. Any golfers? Come on. Uh, there's my people right there. I love golf. It's a love hate thing. Uh, a pro told me the other day, I said, what should I do to get better? He said, take two weeks uh, and, and don't play, clear your mind and then quit. Said, okay. Okay. That's what I need to do. Uh, but this girl, she 125, 130 pounds. And they were, they were touting her in this article because she's hitting the ball 290 yards, which is longer than a lot of guy pros. And so she's and, and so the whole thought of how she can do this is because she uses the ground for power. And if you, if you study sports, if you study fighting, if you study any kind of combat sport or any kind of sport with a ball or a baseball or, or soccer or, or golf, any of it, all the pros know, most of the pros know they, they, how you have to use the ground for power. And in all of these type of competitions, basketball, you use the ground for power. You go, if you're going to make a basketball shot, what do you do first? You don't just stand and go, you know, they use the ground. They bend down and they come up. They use the ground for power. They use the ground for stability uh, in boxing. I don't know if there's any boxers here. I've, I've trained before. There's, 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 there's this stability in the ground that if you get all of your power doesn't come from your arm. The power comes from your, your, you're grounded and you begin to use the ground to get force. So there's this rotational force that comes from the ground. Any fighters, any boxers? Some of y'all look like y'all fought last night. Come on, anybody? Come on. I, yep, I know. Did you win your fight down in Chattanooga? Oh, no. Sorry, man. Love you, bro. Next fight. Next fight. But, but the reality is, that's right, that, that you get the power from the ground. Satan knows that all of your power and stability comes from being grounded. He knows that the power in your Christian walk and the power in your faith comes from actually getting into the ground, getting some, some plantedness into the house of God. And so he will attack everything he can attack to keep you from being grounded. And in this season, I, I, I think when the world is ungrounded, I think we of all people need to decide, you know what? I'm going to be grounded in the word of God. I'm going to be grounded in the house of God. I'm going to be grounded in the, in the things of God. And I'm not just going to jump from thing to thing. I'm going to get grounded. When, Mark's, when Jesus said it, what do I like in the kingdom? He says, the seed, the mustard seed or the seed of the kingdom is the smallest of all seeds. Why, why did he make that, that clarification? I think sometimes he made the clarification because we have a tendency to discount things we feel that are insignificant. I think sometimes we have a tendency to come into the house of God and feel small. I think sometimes we have a tendency to look at our life and you go, you know what? My life isn't worth that much. Jesus says, hey, let me clarify. There's going to be moments you feel small. There's going to be moments you feel insignificant. There's going to be moments that you don't feel like you have anything to offer. There's going to be times in your life where you think, you know what, what do I have? I don't have a lot of wealth. I've got two fish and five loaves. What can that do? There, he knows. Why did he have to say that the kingdom, it, it's the smallest of all seeds? Because he wants you and I to know that sometimes we can feel small and it's okay. 
that the, the devil's going to try to attack what God's provided so you won't plan it because you feel insignificant. Like, well, I don't have anything to offer my, my church. I don't have anything to offer. I, I, how am I? Look, did you just see what you're doing around the world from being planted here? You're changing the world. You're changing the, the globe. And, and so every week as you plant in, you're making a difference. So I just want to encourage you. You might feel small. Please do not hold back from planting what God's put in your life just because it feels small. In the kingdom, everything starts small. Don't hold back from doing a small group or leading a connect group or going to plugged in or getting on one of these teams because you might be like, well, I can't and I don't have enough to offer and I'm not good enough and I don't know if I'll be good enough at that. No, no, no. What you have is so significant in God. It might start small, but when it's sown, come on, when it's sown, it grows up. Somebody, somebody say, I'm growing up. I want to be greater. I want, I want my life to get into the ground. I want to grow in God. And it won't unless I get grounded. The farmer knows if nothing is sown, nothing is grown. Many of you are holding your life in your own hand because you think it's insignificant and you're scared to say, you know what? I'll put myself out there. I'll plant myself in some stuff. I'll surrender option B and I'm going to go ahead and decide this is where I'm putting my life. Your life is significant. The Bible says it might start small, but mustard seed faith starts small and then can move mountains. Jesus says that you literally will grow up when you get grounded and become a blessing. The birds of the air and great branches and shoots, all of a sudden you begin to get stronger and stronger. Now you're a blessing to other people. I have to get grounded. You have to get grounded. And over and over, the Bible talks about us being planted in the house of God. That this is what you, this is what you get grounded in. I mean, that we are grounded in so many things, but the reality is, and as a pastor, I'm here to, to get, you, get you greater and get you stronger and get you growing up. And so, so the thing that gets us stronger is when we're actually grounded and planted in what God's talking about, which is his house. There's the miracle, the miracle in the house is just being in the soil, getting planted. And all of a sudden now you're in the soil and life begins to germinate and your, your life begins to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, I, uh, I, I don't buy my wife or she, her favorite, her favorite, uh, plant is, um, orchids. She loves orchids. I used to buy orchids all the time. I get these beautiful orchids. Anybody ever bought those orchids from Kroger or those stores? That look, they, they look cool, but they die in like four days. And they're like $50. And so I, I, I would buy these orchids for her, and they're like 50 bucks, and, I, and it would be dead in four days. And I'm so mad because I couldn't keep it alive, and it's got to have perfect sun, sunlight, perfect temperature, and be tended, and all this stuff. So I quit. I gave up on orchids, and now I get her flowers. Come on, I des you deserve some flowers, sweetie. I love you. And uh, come on, y'all. Yeah, my wife. I, She's with my mom and, and her husband are here today. Come on. Welcome, mom. I love you. And, uh, and so my, my wife, I've just, I've defaulted to roses or defaulted to flowers. Why? Because they're easy. <laughs> You're like, that's terrible. I don't buy the orchids because I can't keep them alive. And I didn't want to put $30 in the trash can every time I bought her. So, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to get the flowers and they're beautiful. They're red roses with no roots and they're going to die, but that's their destiny. 10 days, 10 days when you put the little packet of food in there and you, you pour it into the water and it makes it think you make it think it's beautiful. We've built $6.2 billion in the United States on flowers per year, B -b 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 billion, $6.2 billion, 10 million cut flowers a day. We've built an entire world, an entire industry around something that looks pretty, but it's destined to die. 
And I just don't want my church life and my, my relationship with God to look pretty, to be roses with no roots and to put a little, a little seed of, of food in it. And it's going to last about 10 days, but then I know it's going to die. I don't want that to be for my life. I don't want that for your life. I don't want it to look all good. And we come in and we put smiles on and we put the makeup on and we put our mask on and we look good for church. And we know we ain't got no roots in certain things and things are drying up and dying in our life. I, I want to be grounded and rooted. And I think that you, you do too. And the reality is you get into the soil, there's life in that. Here's the, here's the reality though. Planting is not sexy. <laughs> I hate yard work. And, I, I, and, 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 and the reality is home and garden is lied to us. They show this couple out there glistening in the sun with little buckets of lemonade and their kids all humming to the hummingbirds and everybody, everybody's dancing around the front. That's a lie. If, we, if we're planting and doing yard work, we're fighting. Kids are screaming. I'm trying to assign jobs. My wife's telling me I missed something. I'm trying to blow the leaves and plant flowers. Everybody, it's not, it, it is not easy. Planting, the process of planting has a, looks a whole lot like getting in the dirt, getting messy, getting dirty, getting buried, getting under some soil, getting fertilized with some stuff that stinks, getting in some relationships that have some conflict sometimes, and then having the sun come out, and now you're getting beaten down with heat, and just when you're getting too hot to handle it, all of a sudden now you're get rain poured on top of you. You're just trying to keep your head above water. Oh, church is fine. That, that's the, that's planting. That's the kingdom. That's getting into the soil. That's actually putting my life so much. So in the house of God and in the things of God, letting them get rooted long enough to where some life begins to germinate under the surface of the soil and things begin to happen in my heart. Are y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying today? And I think sometimes we have a tendency not to plan our life because we feel we're insignificant. But at other times, I think some of us have a tendency to not plan our life because we know there's potential in the seed, but we know that we don't really want to do the process of planting. And, and, and many of us, we're in a, we're in a startup culture. We, we, we have billionaire belief systems from Bitcoin. We can believe in make-believe money and become billionaires. <laughs> And so we don't have trouble sometimes believing that there's potential in small things. Some of us, some of us have trouble just saying, you know what? I'm going to actually go through the process of what it takes to plant my life. I'm going to go through the process of, of, of challenging myself to say, you know what? I'm going to get deeply rooted in the things of God, in the house of God, and I'm going to believe God to bring life from my life. Write this down. When we are planted, we possess what God has promised. I just, I just think there's so many blessings you and I miss out on when we're not planted. There's so many things that we could get from being grounded. There's so many fights that we could win from having the strength of the ground under our feet. This is just simple kingdom. Planting is not sexy. There's not goosebumps every week. There's not, there, it's not perfect sunshine. It's not vacation. It's like just deciding I'm going to plant my life in the house of God. There's no, there's, and, and it's, it's not being uprooted every week. And I, I just, I think that I'm just calling some of y'all back to being planted. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, being back to being planted into the soil of God. One of our planting problems is we have a time-saving culture. Come on, I don't know. I, we like it easy. We like it quick. We like to multitask. We're on the go. We're on the go. We're on the go. We're on the go. A little bit easier, a little bit faster. Come on, can we, can we help people this quick? Let's just, can we drop the toys and not meet anybody? You know, yeah, drop the toys. Come help us hand them out. Like, like so I love y'all. 
There's a whole channel dedicated to us staying up for hours at night and wasting time as we flip channels late into the night. And then there's this place called QVC. And, and, and they've, they've decided to trick us and market to us after we've wasted five hours of our time to begin to market time-saving devices to us. That's why y'all buy the ab buster and the butt blaster and the electronic you know, apple peeler. That stuff is junk. It does not work. Here, here's the point. You, can, you cannot bypass the process and expect the promises. We, we just can't be drive through people like that. And we have to be planted and we have to say, you know what? It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. But the truth of the kingdom is faith seeds grow when they're grounded. Faith seeds grow when they're grounded. Hear me. Hear me. I can take a mustard seed. It's tiny. The small probably the size of a pinhead. I could take the pinhead size of a seed, put it in my hand. I could sing over that seed all day long. Oh, we lift your name on high. You're worthy. You know, I could sing to the seed all day long. We love worship. I, I could even preach the word to the seed. The, the, Lord, you know, the, the Lord's house is wonderful and your name is lifted on high. And, and Lord, I'd rather dwell in your house than the tents of the wicked. And I, could, I could speak to the seed. I could pour the water over the seed all day long. We could get water and pour it over the seed. Water of the word. You could, you could go home and you could turn the Bible on in your house. You could pour it all. But the seed is never going to grow. Amen. It's not going to grow until it gets grounded. It's not going to grow until it gets put into the dirt and put deep into the soil. And all of a sudden, the process of what happens in the soil, there's friction and there's heat and there's pressure. And what happens is the outer shell of the seed, this is science, the outer shell of the seed begins to crack off and, and literally the pride of our life and the insecurities of our life and the fear of our life and the, the things we feel insignificant. And all of a sudden we begin to be encouraged and we begin to be blessed and we begin to have some of these things actually break off of our life under the soil through friction and tension. And then that stuff, the life in the seed begins to grow up out of the soil and reach for the sun as it becomes big in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to encourage some of us and myself included that I, I can worship and sing a song and not be a worshiper. I, I could give it an offering and not be a giver. I, I, could, I could do some of these things. I could attend and, and, and not see the blessings of being grounded in the things of God. And so for my life and for your life, I believe that you're going to grow. I believe you're going to get stronger and greater as the seed of your life is in the house of God. I got a few minutes with you. I want to give you three miracles today of being planted in God's house. Three simple miracles that take place. Number one, very simple. Being planted produces fruit. Being planted produces fruit. But, but I want to encourage you with this. But bearing fruit is a process. And so some of you have, have been told that, you know, you come to church and you get grounded and you get planted and you'll get, you're going to get Mr. Right or you're going to find Mrs. Right. Come on. And you've been here hunting. I mean, worshiping. <laughs> and, and, and you're the one, where, where are they? I'm single and ready to mingle somebody. Y'all are, you know, you're like, I thought, I thought it would you know, be different. And you've, you've had that promise or you thought, man, my anxiety would be gone by now. My fear would be gone by now. I'd be healed by now. And so sometimes when you get into this process and you get planted, you want to see the promise right away. I've got to encourage you. Sometimes you don't see the promise right away. There's this process underneath the soil that's taking place. And if you want to see it right away, you're going to get the roots of bitterness in your life because unmet expectation causes roots of bitterness. 
And so when you come in and you think it's all going to be fixed perfectly and instantly and you're going to give in one offering and you've tithed twice and now your whole company should be flourishing. Like, no, there's some consistency to this thing and you stay in the soil and you stay grounded and it's not your job to produce results. It's your job to stay planted. It's not your job to fix your marriage. It's your job to stay planted in the things of God. It's not your job to save your kids. It's your job to keep them in the house of God. It's not your job. It's not your job is the obedience and the faith to stay in the soil. God's job is to produce the results and the miracle that he's going to do in our life. And I don't want you to get discouraged or get bitter because when you do and you think it should happen right away, you'll begin to dig up the seed of your life and dig up what you've planted and now take your life to something else or somebody else or somewhere else. And the reality is that God's saying, if you'll just stay planted, that there's fruit that will be produced in your life. Do you know the palm tree in Psalm 92 it's talking about takes about four to five months to even germinate and about eight years to even bear fruit? I mean, eight years. I heard a story from Freedom Weekend this weekend that a man, the Lord began to chase a certain gentleman down years ago and an amazing man, I've met him and he moved from another state and came here and God began to work on him, got water baptized here. Had, had some dope when he came here and said, you know what, God, if you're real, I'll get rid of this, this stuff, this dope stuff. And I, I, I've been with this, uh, my, my, my fiance and my wife, I've moved here and we're going to go to marriage counseling and we're going to go to premarital counseling and get, get right in the things of God. We're going to, went to Freedom Weekend, totally empowered by the Holy Spirit this weekend. Listen, think about that. It wasn't an overnight process. Like I, I, I've got to meet this guy, amazing dude. And, and the time of what that took, it was a process. We can easily get discouraged sometimes in the process and uproot our life. You know, I live for people like that to see their lives get planted into the kingdom of God. And we should too, as a church, people getting planted and saying, you know what? I'm here rain or shine. And I'm believing that God's going to change someone's life through my ability to stay grounded in the house of God. I think God will bear fruit in your life. Number two, being planted produces purpose. If you want fruit in your life, stay planted. If you want purpose, stay planted. Ephesians 1, 15 through 22. I'm gonna speed up because I have a lot of verses to give you. Therefore, I also, after I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, that's talking about church, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, listen to this, in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's your purpose. You literally have a purpose inside of you that belongs to God. What are the, listen to that. What are the, the riches of, the, his, of his inheritance that's in the saints? God's inheritance is in you. And when you stay planted, you literally begin to bring the purpose that belongs to God out of you. It's inside of you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. Listen to me. And he put all things, listen to this verbiage, he put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet. And he gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. Listen to this. Which is his body, the fullness of him. This is not a gathering. This is the fullness of God. That fills all in all, the verse goes on to say. 
that everything's been given to Jesus and to the church. We're the fullness of God and everything is under his feet. And when you plant into the body and you connect to the body and you become a living part of the body, you literally have everything under your feet and you literally fill everything in the earth in the power of Jesus. And you literally have purpose from God, but you know, the opposite is true as well. I began to ask myself if that's true, if, this, if it's true that I'm connected to the body and all this is happening and he's the head and I've got his mind and his motive and I've got his, everything under my feet and I'm part of the body and I'm the fullness of God and I feel all in all, if I'm not connected and grounded, then the opposite is true. Everything's not under my feet and I don't feel all in all and I don't have his mind and his motivation and there's aspects of his purpose that aren't clear to my life because I'm not connected to the fullness of who he is. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about us being a body, being a family, being a people that are connected to change our region and to change our city and to change our world and to feed the hurting and to feed the hungry and to save the lost and to seek those that are left out of families. I want to be a part of something like that. It'd be like thinking that one of my limbs could live apart from its body. If, if this hand was disconnected and running in the streets, that's a horror show. <laughs> There'd be no functionality. There's, there's actual purpose when you're connected to Jesus and to his body. I saw a guy begging on the side of the road over here at Cedar Bluff intersection of the highway. I'd never seen a sign like this. I'd seen some signs, but this sign threw me into tears and set me back. His sign said, I was born for this. So many times we can feel like we've been born for mediocrity or born for average or born to have marital divorce and problems, born to have addiction. I've been born for this. This is just my lot. It's not your lot. You're, you're born as a righteous son or daughter of God. God has his image on you. You're God's child. You're part of a family of God. You have significance and identity and worth and value and purpose. And those that are planted in the house of God find purpose in the things of God. You don't have to beg God. You're his kids. Come on. You weren't born to beg. You were born to bless God, not beg God. I, I just want to encourage you today. Like when you plant, you find purpose. You might have to wait but you don't have to beg. I believe that God has purpose for my life. And the last one, I'll pray for you. Being planted produces power and perseverance. Being planted produces power and perseverance. That same palm tree that the scriptures talk about, it says that literally that, that its, its roots go down into the ground in the desert. And it doesn't have one tap root. It has thousands of little roots that are connected to one another. And they have the ability to withstand monsoon type winds and storms because of how many roots that are going out and interconnected to each other. And the reality is that when you're connected, when you look around you, like the, the miracle that you're wanting, house of miracles, the miracle that you're wanting isn't necessarily going to show up in a dropship package from Amazon. We think that sometimes like I'm going to open up the package from Amazon. Miracle. My life is all different and better. The reality is the miracle is going to come in a woman like Gwen that's sitting next to you or, 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 or a guy in this place that's serving in one of these teams or somebody that goes through this line or goes to free. The miracle is going to be inside of the connectivity of a relationship that you built. The miracle is going to be somebody sitting by you or in you. And, and I, I, just, I just think that's why Satan connect, attacks our connectivity so much. We go our separate directions and 
He doesn't want us to get connected because you know in the places of the ligaments of the body, that's where the blood exchanges. The ligaments and the tendons, there's scripture for it. It says that we're a body, he's the head, we're built and, and we're knit together by all the ligaments and the tendons that the body supplies. Satan attacks the ligaments. That's the connectivity of the joints and the parts of the body. He attacks our relationships. He attacks us grounding and planting because he knows that that's where the blood of Jesus flows to the body parts of one another. You ever dislocated a joint and how it swells up and how it gets so much pain? It's because the blood has stopped flowing to that that part of the body. When Satan can attack the ligament that attaches you to the house of God, he can get the blood of Jesus to stop flowing to your life in a certain way. You're like, that's not biblical. It's very biblical. The blood of Jesus flows in his body. And if I need the blood of God in my life for a certain thing, my sister prayed for me this morning and the blood of God and the grace of God flowed to me as she prayed for me. It wasn't just from heaven in the unseen. It was in the scene because I was connected in a prayer moment with my sister this morning. I I know I'm passionate today and y'all are like, well, we're at church, dude. Come on. (laughs) We're here. I know you're here, but are you here? house of me. I thought this was about miracles. It is. Those that are planted shall flourish. Their leaf shall not wither. You tired of stuff drying up in your life? I have the answer. He has the answer. You tired of your leaf withering or being thirsty? It says you shall not thirst. You shall be planted. You shall bear fruit in old age. You shall bear fruit in your season. Can I, can I just say Some of you are so envious of everybody else's fruit because you're not planted. And you you wouldn't have to worry about having someone else's fruit if you would plant in and God would give you your own fruit. I've been there. I've got pastor friends and other pastors in the city. I've been jealous of their fruit before. I'm like, man, look at their church. Look at that. Look what God's doing there. My wife has to rebuke me every day. You worry about what God's doing in your life, honey. I'm like, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then Sandra, but Sandra first. It's easy to get right. To, and, and, and how gross is it trying to taste someone else's fruit? How nasty is that? Come on, you ever uh, taken a bite off someone's banana? No, that's dirty. That's gross. You ever taken a bite off someone's peach? No, you don't do that. It's like, oh, and then you're like, can I have a bite of that? No, it's all running down your chin and everything. You ever sip someone else's milk? That's disgusting. Like, don't do that. You get the little stash and it's still like running down the side of the glass and you're like, oh, I'll have a sip of that. And you're like sharing stashes. That's disgusting. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land the plane. Thank you. She said, come on. Thank you for the prayers. Y'all know what I'm trying to say today. You've got your fruit. You've got your season. Whatever they do shall prosper. Whatever you do, you do something, God will do something. Rain or shine, a tree's job is just to stay planted. A tree's job is to say, you know what, sun or rain or shine, I'm here, I'm in, I'm, I'm, God, I'm God, you got me. And you are making a difference in this city and around the world. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this house. Thank you for your people. Lord, I pray today that we could get grounded in any area of our life that we're not grounded enough. Lord, would you ground us? Any area that we need a little more consistency, oh God, you said that they meditate on your word day and night. Lord, we need a little consistency. Lord, I thank you that certain things we conquer through consistency. I thank you for day and night, Lord, that you, that we will meditate on who you are and Lord, that we shall flourish. 
Lord, I pray for a, a house that flourishes, not for ourselves. You said that mustard seed hits the ground, grows up, it gets greater so that the birds of the air can nest in its branches. God, we want to be greater for others. We want to be stronger for the city. We want to be stronger for Cedar Bluff Middle School and elementary. We want to be stronger for the people coming through our food lines. We want to be stronger, oh God, for people that feel like they've been left out or they're lonely today. I pray across this house, Lord, anybody that doesn't feel grounded, that you would let them get grounded. Anybody that feels insignificant today or small, I thank you that in the kingdom, things start out small. I pray they would not discount themselves, their children, their spouses, their business, their calling their ministry. I thank you today for the size of greatness in each of us. I thank you for fruit and power today, oh God. Just for another second, no one looking around, maybe you're here in this place, you say, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus. I'm not part of the family. You, you don't join the family of God, you're born into it. And the way you do that is by saying, yes, I believe that Jesus is God, that he rose from the dead. No one looking around, if you're watching online or you're in this room right now, Maybe you need a fresh start with God. The Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. If you're watching online and you need a fresh start right now, would you just type in fresh start and let us know? We want to pray for you. And if you're in this room, no one's looking around. If you say, you know what, pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I know I need to give my life back to Jesus. I, I want him to be my Lord and my leader. I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just put your hand up to me? Pray for me, pastor. I need a fresh start with God this morning. I need to bring my life back to him this morning. Thank you for your boldness. Anybody else? I need a fresh start with God this morning. Awesome. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Just pray these words with me. No magic in the words. You can pray right there online with us, wherever you're watching from. It's just a prayer of surrender to Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for, for giving us your life as a seed. Thank you for being grounded in this earth. Thank you for sowing your life. I know that sometimes we can feel buried, but we're really just planted. God, I thank you for planting your life here on this planet in the form of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for taking all of our sin, our punishment, our shame, our guilt, and nailing it to that tree. I thank you, Lord, that you did that, and then you rose from the dead to give us a brand new heart. We believe, God, that you, you Jesus, are God. We turn from our sin, we turn from that old life, and we turn to you today, Jesus. Be my Lord and be my leader. You are my God. I repent of my old life. Give me your heart. Holy Spirit, fill me with power. and Give me the ability to be grounded and serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' matchless name. Come on, I love you guys. Let's give God praise in this place.